Hello, I'm Zanele Butelezi. Welcome to China Africa Talk. In this edition of China Africa Talk, we hear from people who are participating in the work of promoting cultural exchanges between Africa and China. The culture and the celebration of the Chinese culture are much welcomed in the African society due to its similarity with the African culture in being very colorful, cheerful, and very authentic. Our Confucius Institute has recommended some students to work in local Chinese companies and to go and do their training, whether it be in-service training or something like that. So there is a whole host of, of opportunities and of business opportunities. China's Confucius Institutes in Africa are hosting Chinese New Year activities as part of programs to promote friendship and cultural exchanges between the two sides. While economic and political cooperation dominates China-Africa ties, efforts are being made to also enhance cultural exchanges. China has significantly increased the number of Confucius Institutes in countries across Africa since 2005. The country has established 61 Confucius Institutes and 48 Confucius Classrooms in Africa, according to a white paper titled China and Africa in the New Era, a Partnership of Equals, released in November 2021. South Africa is home to six of the Confucius Institutes and five classrooms, which are located in the country's major cities, including Cape Town, Durban and Johannesburg. To talk more about the work of the Confucius Institute in South Africa, as well as the Chinese New Year, I'm joined by my guest, Lin Wu, director of the Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology, and Sane Lintuli, a former student who is now a teacher at the Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology. I will start with you, uh, Director, first of all, Happy Spring Festival. This is known as the Year of the Rabbits. Um, and so what does that signify? What does that mean? Okay. So most people know the Greco-Roman zodiac. The signs are divided into 12 months. But from Chinese zodiac, is different. It is a scheme that related each year to one animal and its reputed attributes. According to a 12-year circle, it's starting with the rat and ending with the pig. And it has no association with the constellations. The rabbit ranks on the fourth of the 12 Chinese zodiac signs. The sign of the rabbit is a symbol of mercy, peace, good luck, and the prosperity in Chinese culture. And to you, Sanele, what impresses you the most about the Chinese New Year celebrations? I'm sure there are many that do take place in South Africa around this time, as um, they are in other parts of the world. So you having observed what takes place around this time and also participated, uh, I understand you were part of um, the festivities or a celebration last week. So what impresses you about this time or about these festivities? Thank you, Zanel, and Happy New Year to you as well. Happy Chinese New Year today of the Rapids. Well, first of all, I would just like to say, uh, for me, I have been lucky enough to experience the Chinese New Year celebration in China and also here in South Africa. So 
when when I was in China, maybe firstly to speak about that, what I liked uh, about the Chinese New Year is the atmosphere of the people. So during this period, everywhere you go, you can just see that everyone is in high spirits and everyone is happy without even speaking or saying a word to one another. You can just tell by the the facial expression. A lot of people are happy to go home and spend time with their families. Yeah, yes, some of them, as Mr. Wu mentioned, they haven't seen in a long time. So for me, this this gave me the idea that this period of the Spring Festival is a is a period of togetherness and family. And in China, when I was celebrating, I was at the university celebrating together with the students, and I did have a lot of fun putting up decorations for the New Year around the school and preparing dinner together with a, a lot of fun activities uh, with, with the students. And here in South Africa, in the previous years and also in this years, the it hasn't also been short of fun. So it has been very fun. The local Chinese community community here usually organizes celebrations or ceremonies to to celebrate the the Chinese Spring Festival, and they invite the local community to share in their culture, to share in their happiness, to to get into the new year. So during those celebrations, there are a lot of fun activities and. And we locals get to try uh, Chinese food and get to speak person to person with, with Chinese people. So that is a really eye-opening experience for us. And also worth mentioning, uh, one of my favorite things about about the Chinese New Year is uh, receiving red envelopes. I don't know if you know them, Hong Pao. So that's a very interesting uh, part for me from my side. And you know, receiving and, and giving gifts to friends. So I do like this part very very much. You talk about having the opportunity, Sanele, to interact with Chinese people. And you mentioned that you also came to China to study. And I understand you studied Chinese and now you are teaching. What got you interested in the Chinese language? Yeah, yeah, yes, to that question. I, I did study in China. Uh, I was studying Mandarin under the recommendation of my Confucius Institute. So before I went to China, I was a student here at the Confucius Institute at uh, DUT, learning Mandarin. Before I started to do Mandarin, I can say it's something that I was not, it's, it's something that I was not really looking forward to do or really keen on learning. I hadn't put much focus into it. So, but one of my friends was already learning Mandarin, uh, recommended me to go and have a try, which I, which I went and did. And a few months passed after that, after me starting to learn, and then I got an opportunity to go to China. And this was in 2018, December. So during the winter camp organized by our CI. And I could say that that's, that's the point where it really started for me when I saw the real China. There's a lot that uh, captivated me when I was in China. There's a lot of interesting things in China. So, But what impressed me the most is the way that China is so modern. You know, it's so everything you can do easily through te- technology and for me, I'm a person who likes convenience, and I did experience a very convenient and very fast life in China. Adding on on that, I can say the attitude of the people is very important to make you to make you like them. And my first impression of China was very wonderful and very welcoming. From there on, I I decided that in addition of me loving the language, particularly uh, writing the Chinese characters and learning their history, and how very challenging it was for me in an interesting way, though. I, I decided not to stop uh, my journey with China at that point. So after that, I worked hard to learn more and know more and be involved more, you know, with China. Because in China, it was a place where my understanding was widened and, um, and my understanding of many things. And I can see myself growing in many areas with my association with China. And so now here I am teaching Mandarin. And yes, as they usually say, the rest is history. Coming back to you, Director Wu, 
how do you think the Chinese New Year celebration is helping to deepen uh, the people-to-people friendship between China and uh, Africa or China and South Africa? When you look at how you celebrate the New Year, the Chinese New Year over there at the Confucius Institute and uh, the type of um, education or programs that you have to educate uh, South Africans about the Chinese culture and the language itself. So I think celebrating the festival is a good opportunity to um, deepen the tiles between the overseas Chinese and also the people-to-people friendship between the two countries. I think the feeling of homecoming and in the heart of you, uh, reunions are interlinked all over the world. In China, like the Chinese New Year is important for the family reunion. In South Africa, we celebrate the festival with our South African friends and students. I think it is also a very good occasion for us to um, get together, talk together, and to have a better understanding of Chinese culture by experiencing some of the celebration activities of the Chinese New Year. For example, we uh, every year for the Chinese New Year, we will organize the Confucius Institute. We are going to organize the gala dinner, and we will invite the art troupe um, come to South Africa to provide this kind of the performance. And also, we do organize this kind of dragon dancing, lion dancing, and also we organize all the local community to tasting the Chinese cuisine, and we organize the activity to do the paper cutting or do the writing spring. Uh, spring um, couplets and also a lot of these kind of activities so that the uh, local people they do have this kind of feeling about how Chinese people to celebrate their uh, festivals and what kind of activities we are going to do. So I think it's kind of a way to uh, showcasing or demonstrate um, uh, how Chinese people's uh, philosophy and you know, to to share this kind of idea like a family uh, reunion. So I think that's in a way, and uh, we are trying to um, showcase. And also I always think that um, by sharing this kind of the festival atmosphere and the uh, joins with our friends in South Africa, and uh, definitely we can uh, strengthen our friendship for sure. What do you think is the cultural impact of learning about uh, the culture of uh, the Chinese uh, New Year celebration, as well as you know, learning Chinese, the language itself. I think um, the first day I arrived in South Africa, and I, knew, I, I always um, impressed by the the one uh, one sentence um, said by the Nelson Mandela, and he said, "If you talk to a man in a language, he understands. That mm-hmm. goes to his head." If you talk to him in his own language, that goes to his heart. So I think um, by offering this kind of the cultural activities or the language programs, and we are trying to uh, make sure and we know each other better and we have a better understanding. Because all the cultural and all the, it's because in the language is kind of the culture. So if you want to know about one country, one nation, and it's better you know their language so that you know about their history. Mm-hmm. So I think the Confucius Institute here, we provide this kind of opportunity so that for those students who have a uh, desire to know more about China and Chinese culture, 
and then they do have this opportunity. And also we do offer this kind of you know, winter camp or summer camp to bring our Mandarin learners to physically visit China to see what's really happening in China now. And not just only for this kind of Asian China Chinese culture, but also we try to show them this kind of new technology, which is well developed in China. So let the students they open their minds. Finally, they can realize that and they do have this kind of opportunity in the future to make difference. We are talking about, or we have been focusing on South Africa right now. But if you、mm-hmm. look at at the continent itself, how are Africans embracing the Chinese language, culture, and celebrations such as Chinese New Year? From your observation, is there an increase in the interest to learn more about China or about、uh, the language? Okay. Since I've、um, been here for almost five years now in South Africa, and I do feel that、uh, Africans find the Chinese language really fascinating, and I do feel a lot of the Africans they do have a special talents of learning Mandarin. They learn very quickly to understand and、uh, adapt to the manner of speaking as if they are natives. Just like Senele, I think he. Is one of our best students, Mandarin learners, and he can speak in fluent、uh, Mandarin in a very short period. Even he, before he went to China to study the Mandarin in Chinese university, and he already passed the HSK, which is the Chinese proficiency test. So the culture and the celebration of the Chinese culture are much welcomed in the African society due it, due to its similarity with the African culture in. Being very colorful, cheerful, and very authentic, I think it's for my personal feeling, and I can see that there are more and more、um, South African or African peoples now so eager to learn the Chinese and Chinese culture. What about you, Sanele? What's your observation? I mean, initially you did mention earlier that it was not something that was top of your mind when you went to study at tertiary, but、uh, looking at your peers. And also the students that you teach, what is the interest like from young people when it comes to the Chinese language as well as、uh, the culture and、uh, China itself? What are your observations there? I can say here, like for, for a lot of young people, they know about China or anything in relation to China based on what、uh, they were watching in movies when they were growing up. So as we all know, they were. Everyone here in South Africa, they know the famous Chinese actors, and the genre that was most popular that we liked as kids is kung fu. So anyone that know that gets the knowledge that I can speak Chinese, they automatically assume that I I can do kung fu as well, which I don't know why. But I think that's that's how they are, they assume or associate their culture with what we grew up watching. So they they do ask about kung fu a lot, and most of them they do want to learn kung fu. Some of them are keen to study Mandarin, but Some they become overwhelmed. You know, when when we show them the Chinese characters, like they don't understand how you even get to know this, how you get to this point, how you read it. So they want to learn, but once they see the Chinese characters, I don't know, it just overwhelms them a bit. But with much convincing, I think some most of them are willing to give it a try. How do you convince them? How do you make it more interesting and attractive when you encounter those challenges where people find it overwhelming? Because these are very intricate、uh, characters, and so it's understandable that at first sight people might think it's difficult. But how do you then bridge that gap as a teacher? Okay, okay. So first of all, I do understand and、uh, sympathize with them because 
I also was a student and I learned Mandarin and I did uh, I did first a tough point when I was learning Mandarin also. I, I uh, My first teacher was teaching me Mandarin here in DUTC. I, I think maybe she can remember. I did once uh, go to her after class and told her like, you know, I don't want to learn anymore. I want to, I want to quit Mandarin. At the way I was so frustrated uh, at not understanding the Chinese character. So I do sympathize with the students in that respect. But after that, my, my teacher did uh, convince me that, okay, specifically for Chinese characters. Um, and I think this uh, this goes for anything that we know the saying that says practice makes perfect. So in that way, for Chinese characters as well, I did practice until I, I was very good at reading and, and recognizing them. So in this way, I can uh, I can tell the students that, okay, you know what, I've faced a similar situation that you are facing right now. These things, I know they are hard. We don't deny, we know, we don't deny that they're hard, but they can be done. And I, I did learn that for myself that after... I learned Chinese. I realized that virtually anything is possible. You can you can do virtually anything because I also thought it was very hard. But I do try to tell the students that practice makes perfect. If you put your mind to something, you will definitely learn it. And having passion for something is very, very important. Unfortunately, most of the students are, are willing to learn and they do practice and, and do well. And what opportunities would you say learning Mandarin opens up for people in South Africa or Africa? From your experience, having taken this route, what new opportunities have you been exposed to that you perhaps may have never been exposed to had you not gone this route in terms of your studies? Uh, first of all, I can say, yeah, this, as you said, it did open a lot of opportunities to me and a lot of other opportunities still remain open to me even now. As 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 you can see now, I'm I'm making a living because of uh, I, I started to join Mandarin. So, well, most of the students, uh, they do like to go to China. They do like to see China. So this is a bridge to help them to, to achieve that dream. Maybe you could say I was like that at first, but then when I get to China, when I go to China, that's where my mind was opened. I saw that, okay, this is not just about going to China. There are many opportunities here. So the way that the life in China works, there are many things that you see that, okay, this one could, this thing could, could work in my own country and that's a business opportunity. So things like that, they can help a lot. And another thing to mention, another opportunity that was that opened for me and for other students is going to study in China, obviously. So I, I wouldn't have studied in China without, um, without uh, Mandarin or Chinese. And another thing is there is a uh, local Chinese companies here in, in South Africa. So usually also in our province here, they do uh, ask us a lot for people who can speak Mandarin. So that is a very good opportunity. And uh, coming back to you, Director Wu, this sounds very interesting. I mean, listening to Sanele and his story, are there any other interesting success stories that you have seen in your five years uh, there in uh, Durban or in South Africa under the Confucius Institute that you can maybe share with us? Um, yes. Um, according to my past um, five years work, working experience in um, Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology, I see, just like Ms. Anene just mentioned, and we create a lot of the potential opportunities for the use. So I always talk to my students, like, why you have to learn Mandarin? Because especially for the South Africa, you have already have 12 native languages. Now, why you still need to spend your time? and energy to learn one more language, which is, you think is very difficult. 
But I always encourage my students because you can please consider the language, this Mandarin language skill as a key to uh, a gateway to China. Because just like I always share the story with my students, like if I cannot speak English and I don't have this kind of opportunity to work overseas, just like for our students, if they can speak the fluent Mandarin, they do have a huge demand from the Chinese enterprise, either in China main, uh, or in, uh, Af uh, in African countries. And they are looking for the students who can speak Mandarin so that they do, if they can master Mandarin and they definitely, they can find a job in there. And other than that, I also would like to share some exciting program um, launched at the DUTCI, which is we are currently um, work with the Durban University of Technology to launch a program we call the Chinese Plus uh, Vocational Skill Training Program. So the whole idea about this project is that we are not only offering the Mandarin language skill, but also we offer this kind of particular uh, skill training program, for example, like an agricultural skills, like an e-commerce skills. And also we do provide the support to the local, uh, local use. So let's support them to do the innovation and the entrepreneurs. So we do help them, for example, we help the, the youth um, entrepreneurs uh, to link with the Chinese enterprise, to help them to find the Chinese supplier, and also encourage them to do the business with the Chinese people. So this is something like we, we think we can be special and we can create a lot of potential opportunities for youth so that they can make difference. Mm -hmm. And also some of the exciting story I want to share with you is that rather than introduce the Chinese culture or Chinese language to the African countries. And we are also promote the African culture and also the South African culture to Chinese people. Uh, for your information, and in the past five years, we introduced Izizulu as one of the major course now in some of the Chinese university. And also we work together with the professor in um, South Africa, our university in South Africa, and we published the very first learning dictionary in Izizulu in English and the Chinese. That's the reason I said that we are trying to promote the two-way communications. More African people know about China, but at the meantime, that more and more Chinese people know more about Africa and know more about the South Africa. That's very, very true. I understand that uh, the Beijing Foreign Studies University is yes. teaching Izizulu and, and I've interacted with the students there and they're very, very fluent in Isuzulu. And I was very, very impressed when I spoke to them. And so you are talking about this two-way exchange in culture between Africa and uh, China. Why is this important? Why do you think this is important? Because I think I can see that this kind of trillions in the future. As you can see that in the recent years, the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation and Development, the Conference on the China-Africa Economic and the trade cooperation, and then the conference on the China-Africa poverty reduction and development, and also we can't escape like the BRICS summit, right? So all of these have brought the African con continent and the China close together. So the diversified economic, social, educational, and cultural cooperation between China and Africa has also promotes this kind of the relationship between two countries, between the different countries, right? And looking forward back to you, Tsanele, what do you think is important to ensure that more and more students or more and more 
South Africans and Africans join in to learn more about Chinese culture, the language, as well as um, all the other festivities or celebrations that go with the culture that is from China. Well, what attracts people uh, into something is what uh, is what that thing brings to society. So, for us, speaking for our students here in the university, they can see that okay, the Confucius Institute does help uh, quite a number of students in, as we said before, to to receive internships in in local Chinese enterprises or whether in China will help them to even go and further their studies in China. So, I think the best way is to is for the current situation, the current. Um, programs to produce food so that more people can be attracted to the to the idea you know to the cultural exchanges if the current situation doesn't deliver not a lot of people would be as interested as much so i think the language is very essential and so i do think we need to uh, learn more languages regardless of anywhere to, to to be able to to do more and know more about the cultural exchanges and know how other people live to wrap up your final words, Director Wu, what are you hoping for your students? What would you like to see in terms of their progress um, going forward, as well as the Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology's progress and growth there in Durban? I hope all our students in Edu have this opportunity to continue their language study. And so that um, we can recommend recommended them to study in Chinese university. And also we would like to support them to see them succeed in their future business. As I mentioned earlier, we do have this kind of a program to support their innovation and entrepreneurs. In March this year, the Durban Institute of Technology's Confucius Institute will celebrate a decade since it first opened its doors to students in Durban on the east coast of South Africa. Both Sanel and Director Wu say they would like to see the institute become a bridge to more young people seeking better opportunities in Africa and in China. Let me thank my guest, Lin Wu, Director of the Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology in South Africa, and Sanel Tuli, a teacher at the Confucius Institute at the Durban University of Technology. If you like this discussion, please share it and subscribe for more content with topics related to China-Africa cooperation. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now. <laughs>